Welcome to the Protrusive Dental Podcast, the forward-thinking podcast for dental professionals. Join us as we discuss hot topics in dentistry, clinical tips, continuing education, and adding value to your life and career with your host, Jazz Gulati. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Protrusive Dental Podcast. I'm your host, Jazz Gulati. Today, we'll be talking with Hami Grawal all about rubber dam isolation, which is so topical and so pertinent with the COVID-19 and how when we get back to work, might there be a need for those dentists who are not routinely using rubber dam isolation to start using it? Obviously, we're worried about the aerosols, but also worried about the ballistic events, i.e. when someone coughs, and that's one mode that the the virus can transmit. So uh, it's a very topical episode, if you like. Uh, Thanks for everyone who voted on the social media channels. But what you voted was for Harmit Grawal's episode and rubber dam isolation. Uh, And the next episode will be to drill or not to drill carries uh, with Louis McKenzie. So I'm looking forward to that one. I won't blab on for too long. I hope everyone out there, I hope you are doing really well and I hope you're getting to spend time with family uh, and I hope you are thinking about the day that we come back into practice. How can we come back bigger, better, stronger? And of course, I hope we can use this opportunity so that when we head back to work, we can be fresh. My protrusive dental pearl is that some episodes ago, I shared my custom screen. Now, since then, uh, Richard McKindo, shout out to him, has uh, modified it and added the goals, the patient goals section, which I think is so important. Uh, But I had a lot of messages from a lot of people saying, look, I've got this um, CSV file, which is the, the custom screen, but I have no idea what to do with it. So I've gone ahead and made a video on YouTube about how to actually install a custom screen and then also how to preload the custom screen with text in there so you're not having to always type the same thing so for example if you take a bite wing usually you know nine times out of ten the justification for a bite wing is to check bone levels and for interproximal caries and that's going to be written there within the custom screen so it's almost like a template within the within the custom screen so uh, if you're one of my email subscribers to the newsletter and episodes you would have received an email already with that Um, if you're not then when you uh, go to protrusive.co.uk a pop-up box will come up uh, sign up to the newsletter and the first email you'll get the welcome email will have the custom screen and the YouTube link uh, of how to install a custom screen. So that's all there for you. So um, that's getting you to think about when we head back to work, how can we make our note taking better, more efficient? How can we work smarter? So I hope that's useful to you. Now let's jump in with Harmeet Grawal and Rubberdam Isolation. Right, Harmeet, thanks so much for coming to the Patricia Dental Podcast. Great to have you. Thank you. You are someone who is now uh, doing great things in education with Rubberdam which is such an important thing. But just before we uh, get into that, we're here in sunny, is it Countess Cheshire? Chester? I'm not sure. I don't know where we it's are. It's just up north, that's it. We're in a Premier Inn. <laughs> uh, we could have pretended we're in a five-star hotel, but look, we're being very real with you. Uh, and we're here for the Dawson Academy at the moment. We thought it'd be a great opportunity to, to learn from Harmi. Uh, so yeah, thanks for waking up in the early hours to record no, this before, before an intense session with uh, Ian yeah, Buckle. Yeah. For those who've done Dawson Academy, you'll know exactly what I mean there. So, um, Harmi, how did you get started with your journey in sort of getting, using more and more rubber dam and getting to a point where you think you're feeling quite proficient with it? It was just trial and error, really. I mean, I was kind of, I started using it as, at a time where I felt like I needed to use it, not necessarily knowing why. So the reason I was using it was thinking, all right, I've been doing these composite courses. 
I think I'd just done Jason Smithson's. I was like, okay, he's using rubber dam. I see the logic in this. Um, but there's no courses out there. So it's kind of, for me, it was just trial and error. It was going in and just doing it day in, day out, making the mistakes, and then learning from them. And then over time, it's just like anything, isn't it? You, the more you do something, the better you get at it. Um, and then it kind of got to a point, in terms of where the teaching led to, it was, it was literally a conversation with a therapist. Mm-hmm. So I was working in Hitchin at the time, and she said, Harmit, listen, I've got a group of friends. I know you do some composite stuff, but can you teach us like rubber dam as well? Like I do a day on composite rubber dam. So I said, all right, let me put something together. So I started putting something together, and I thought, actually, like a lecture on rubber dam, people think it's like a quick topic. Actually, it fills a day. Easily. Um, and Especially I, if you have a hands-on component. Mm, then... Exactly, exactly. So... So we started talking, and I was like, I set up a course, and then the funny thing was, I was like, all right, I need to price this now, okay? Because, you know, you, listen, everyone knows you do a course, there is a charge for it, okay? So, but then I said, all right, guys, this is what I'm going to do, this is how much it costs. Suddenly, everyone just went quiet. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I thought, you know what, I've put the effort in, <laughs> I've made this presentation, I've got this idea, so let me just try it yeah let's roll it out on online and see if there's any legs in this and i just put it out there and i think it was within 30 hours it just sold out the first course and then i rolled another day out and the same thing 24 hours it just sold out again it's the demand is there and Mm. that's exactly what one of the first questions i want to ask you with that with that at least very nicely is why is the demand out there and why should we be using and learning rubber dam okay so two questions the demand's out there because i think it's it's one of those things, rubber dam, that I think it's not, it's, it's poorly taught, if it's taught at all, okay? Because it's something that's skimmed over. Now, why it's skimmed over, who knows? It's, it could be that when people are at uni, there's, people have biases, don't they? You know, some people justify not doing things. It could be a tutor, you know, just saying, well, I don't think you need it, therefore I'm not going to teach it. Or it could be someone saying, well, actually, I don't know how to use it myself, so therefore I can't teach it. So it could be... I, I 100% two. agree with that. So my, my experience with that was the GDPs, who were also part-time tutors at the dental hostel, they weren't using isolation day yeah. in, day out. You know, I'd probably even say that having seen some of their root canals on outreach, they weren't even... Let's not even get into the topic <laughs> of endodontics. But so if, if the tutor themselves were not proficient in doing it themselves, how could they teach it to a student? Yeah. So I think a large part of that is, depends on where you were taught and whether the tutor was doing rubber dam. 100%, 100%. And then I think the other thing is why. Hmm. Now, I think as dentists, we always want some evidence, don't we? We always want some evidence because it, it... We love the nitty-gritty. We, we think you'll help us sleep at night. But <laughs> actually, there's always evidence for, always evidence against. You why know? do you use rubber dam? So I always, I always base my decision on logic. Mm-hmm. All right? Logic is one thing. And that's logic around adhesive dentistry. But actually, even more important is for me is reduce stress and improve clinical practice. Now, if you say to any dentist, can I reduce your stress and improve the quality of work? Who's going to say no? No you one. Know? So first, let's talk about stress. Stress is, stress is sometimes, it's not because patients are difficult. We're working in a difficult environment. Patients don't want to be difficult, first of all. You know, they they know that they've got an awkward mouth and they apologise profusely, don't they, often? They do. But it's not their fault. Um, but actually, the process of putting a rubber dam on, you're kind of eliminating that patient for a while, aren't you? It's just you and their teeth. Tongue's gone. Everything else is gone. Everything's out of the way and quite often they fall asleep. Exactly. <laughs> and then, but that stress element then. I always laugh during my lectures about the situation where you had a matrix band on and about 15 cotton rolls. 
and you're hand cramping. Do you remember that? Yeah. And like, you can't see where you put your composite, and we laugh about it, but we've all been there. So now you can put rubber dam on. It's like, oh, I can breathe for a minute. That's oh. that's the main reason I use it. Yeah. I, I feel I feel so much more relaxed as a dentist when it's on. Exactly. I don't have to constantly watch everything. That's okay. It. One of my patients, I don't know if that happens to you. It probably has because you yeah. isolate so much. Is one of my patients in the middle of a root canal. I think she was diabetic yeah. and she just had to use the loo. Yeah. Like she had to use yeah. it. Right. So fine. Yeah. Go. Come back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I have no yeah. you know fear that she's gonna lick yeah. anything saliva. It's just yeah, yeah. total peace of mind. Yeah. Has it happened to you? It has, but then I kind of I I guess I'd normally forewarn people in terms of I'm like, you're gonna be in the chair a while. This is how much this is how long it's gonna be. So they kind of cotton on that. Oh, I need to pay for parking. I probably need to go to the bathroom, need to probably uh, do this. But there's times they need to go. So Or, or if they need to cough. And they can just go cough to your heart. I said cough to your heart's extent. It's yeah, fine. Go it's not going it. to mess up anything That's I'm doing. It. Whereas if you're not using isolation yeah. to that degree, you're always stressing about the cough. You're always stressing about the tongue. You're always yeah. stressing about the anatomy. Yeah, yeah. I think patients cough because sometimes they don't know what to do. So a tip for everyone is just is your communication with your patient. Actually, for a lot of patients, they might not have had rubber down. Actually, explaining before you do the treatment, so examination stage, what you're going to do, mm-hmm. pictures helps. Mm-hmm. And then obviously on the day, just reiterating what you said. And Do you then, use an analogy, analogy to explain to patients what you're doing with rubber dam by chance? I kind of explain it, and this was one of the reasons actually for using it, was on the logic of adhesive dentistry. So when I was talking about, you know, all those questions, why to use it, it was, I always think firstly, let's look at all the guys we look up to. Manier, Dietschy, I mean, that just two in the world but there's always a common theme amongst these dentists isn't it any work they display always done under rubber dam always must be a reason but I'll bring it back to like what are we doing essentially if we're kind of being crude we're just gluing something to something else aren't we so if I broke something at home for example I wouldn't you know if I broke a plate I wouldn't just pick it up and just try and stick it back together I'd probably want to clean it make sure it's dry that's the kind and even when you pick up a packet of glue that's what it says clean dry surfaces and that's what I think about teeth. Mm-hmm. So that's and that's then how I explain it to the patient. Why am I using this? That, you know, that's as best as going to get. And yeah. what, what, I always mention every end, every episode, and I'm uh, mentioning a quote from Zach Cara. Yeah. But but Zach always says it's like painting in the rain. You know, and that's how. Oh, I no, he said he said it's um, painting the corridor through the letterbox. That's for that's for yeah. a small yeah. mouth. That's for uh, a personal small mouth. Oh, Zach, you just follow these brilliant analogies. Yeah, so I always say that. So like, that and, and I always often say to him, it's like an umbrella, and everything is going to be protected. Yeah. And also, you don't you know that horrible feeling that you have when you know, water the back of your throat and you're sort of uh, flooding. You don't have that anymore. Yeah. And and patients buy into that. That's it. You know, you can say things in a nice way, and then even just the, the explanation is like, well, actually, once it's on, I can concentrate on doing really nice work here. Which patient's going to say? I don't want you to do nice work, Harmit, so don't use it. They, they won't say that, but yeah. what they will say afterwards is that, yeah. oh my God, this is such a new technology. <laughs> yeah, it's funny, <laughs> isn't it? It's only been around since the 18th century. Eight, well, yeah, 1860s, <laughs> isn't it? Someone, and it's, it's crazy that it's, it's taken us this long. But like I said, it's just because it's, it's poorly taught. But back to the communication of the patient, it's just purely, I then put it on, explain to them how they can swallow, how mm, they can breathe, mm. you know, so they feel in control mm-hmm. and then give them a few minutes before we start and that's probably the best way so communication actually becomes important in this but it's important in everything isn't it communication so yeah but that's a different topic are you enjoying the protrusive dental podcast well allow me to deliver you even more value you can now download the ios or play store app 
for free. Just search Protrusive on your app platform. Now, if you're a true Protrusive and you want to support the podcast, you want to claim CPD for all the listening and watching that you do, you want to get access to exclusive clinical walkthrough videos to make dentistry tangible, as well as a premium newsletter, access to the Protrusive Vault, and the ability to download all the clinical videos and podcast videos so you can view them offline later, you can get all of that for less than 15 tax-deductible dollars per month. So what are you waiting for? Download the Protrusive app now on iOS or Android for absolutely nothing. We've worked so hard on this Protrusive team, and I know you're just going to love it. Now back to the main episode. Absolutely. Are you part of the rubber dam police? No. I, you know, it's, I don't want to be that person who berates people for not using rubber dam because I think that's unfair. Because um, there are some instances where, you know, actually you've got to think, is this going to be a help or a hindrance? Let's go, well, that was one of my questions. Yeah. But later, let's go into that. So when does rubber dam actually become a hindrance yeah. rather than a benefit? Any specific scenarios for you? I have a few in my mind, but I want to hear from yeah. what you recommend. It depends on personal comfort. So some people like say, all right, composite veneers at the moment seems to be the buzzword, doesn't it? Now, having a rubber dam on with floss ties and then you're getting resin composite in there, it's, it's messy, isn't it? So sometimes, it's not that you don't use rubber dam, but sometimes something like split dam mm-hmm. might be a different option. It could be that you've got a wire retainer. Mm-hmm. Well, it mm-hmm. could just be you've got heavily broken down teeth that you might not be able to clamp. You know, then therefore, you, if you can't get a clamp on the tooth, how are you going to get rubber dam on the tooth? Mm-hmm. Or it could just be an emergency situation. Yep. You know, in, just in, got, the, in the real world. Yeah, real know. world is like, you know, you've got a small chip on upper incisor. Let's be honest, easy enough to isolate. It's you know, Exactly. You could just cotton rolls and access it. It's, why not? I've mm-hmm. done it. Mm-hmm. You could have a really good patient with good mouth opening. You're doing a really small occlusal cavity mm-hmm. on a six. Mm-hmm. I've done it without rubber dam. The stress factor is way less in those yeah, uh, scenarios. Exactly. For, for me, class fives, I, yeah. class fives, I don't use rubber dam because I feel like it's just in the way. You, yes. Yeah. Again, you don't need to. Again, Maybe on the lowers, it's a little bit... But again, I sometimes prefer a split down. Split so it's down. still mm-hmm. a little bit of isolation. Yeah. It's oh, not yeah, yeah. perfect, mm-hmm. but it's something... But yeah, I don't like to because I understand that people, you know, we all have different working mm-hmm. environments mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. you know, it's... I, I don't think that just because you haven't used rubber down, therefore you're a bad dentist. No. And yeah, so I don't really agree. And, and also, you know, I guess another thing, this is going to social media. I think people think... This is them using rubber dam. People think their rubber dam needs to be perfect. You know, oh, if it's not inverted. Or I'm so proud see... of the rolls on my rubber yeah. dam. I'm like, you know, fine. It's isolated. Yeah. I'm happy. Then when you go and make it neat and nice, it's good. It's, yeah. it's really good for your dentist OCD. It's good for your That's images it. and stuff. But it doesn't, it doesn't have to be perfect. I love it. That's it. And I always, I always just say, like, you know, if you're just starting, start now, get perfect later. That's, that, the one. that's a phrase from a guy called Rob Moore. Rob Moore, absolutely. And, um, uh, his, uh, his podcast is called The Disruptive Entrepreneur. Yeah, exactly. So he's brilliant. And it's just, um, yeah, people just want, and it, that's admirable. We all want to be perfect, okay? But, like, you know, sometimes just make a start. And at the end of the day, always realize what we're doing it for. It's not for a social media post, which is it's nice because I do think social media is brilliant. Um, but there's, it's for the patient, isn't it? And then it's going to benefit us in terms of our clinical work. But, and then the afterthought is, all right, this could be a good tool that I use, whether that's to teach people, teach patients, teach mm-hmm, other dentists. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But that should be an afterthought, not the, you know, the forethought. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're getting started in, in Rubber Dam, then I think, like you said, start now, get perfect later. So mm-hmm. book in that extra 10, 15 minutes for your first case, for example. We're talking therapists, de- uh, young dentists, but too fair. I know plenty of 
not-so-young dentists who don't use rubber dam, who actually now, are, 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 you know, clocking on that they want yeah. to use rubber dam, just book in some extra time, right? Take it slow. It might be embarrassing the first two times yeah. as your nurse is trying to floss and that sort of stuff, yeah. and, and you're struggling. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's just like you said, start now, get perfect later. Well, that's it. It's just giving yourself that time. I think sometimes as dentists, we're guilty. We don't give ourselves time. We go and try and implement something in the, the times that we would, you know, doing it in previously mm -hmm, if that mm -hmm, makes sense mm -hmm. you know we might have people might come to my course they might be booking 45 minutes for the composite and then still expect to do their rubber dam now in addition but i say just give yourself time you know like you need to and and your nurse needs to be in on it mm. so if your nurse has never used rubber dam before and you're suddenly going to a rubber dam course and you come back and you say right we use rubber dam and you just start using it and the nurse is now you know finding this dusty pack of rubber dam yeah everyone needs to be in on it yeah yeah you've got to train your nurse and you know what who would you want to be sat there all day not doing anything? It's, you know, I just think sometimes we, we, we underutilize our nurses and we don't give them the credit that they're due because, one, they have to deal with a lot of us and we're not easy personalities. And, you know, it's not an easy job. Um, there's a funny thing, actually. I don't want to give it. It's my best joke on the course. I'm giving it away now. But there's a video. I do like some pre-filmed videos of, of techniques good. on the course and and then my nurse is there and I often ask people I was like you must think my nurse is inherently really good and I must have trained her phenomenally and people are kind of like well yeah she must be you must have trained her you know and then I kind of say well actually in that video it's not my nurse it's my mother-in-law so <laughs> and it's like my wife's in the chair as the patient and I, I, it was just literally okay so I needed to film these videos I said oh, are you free can you help me yeah he's very like somebody who's got no nursing background actually just the act of me saying to her, can you just hold this and do this it was easy if, if, if a non-nurse can mm. do it you know you can train your own nurses but then I always say to everyone we always quit as dentists we blame everything else but actually it often starts with us and what we need to do is we haven't communicated. Often dentists, we communicate in eyebrow raises, weird eye looks, huffs and puffs. But Grunt, not, grunts. But, but not words. Yeah. You know, if we just use our words, we'd probably think, you know, life would be a lot easier. So mm -hmm, that's mm -hmm. another tip. You know, just talk to your nurse. Get her involved. I, get, I guarantee you there's lots get, of Get nurses. the practice involved. Yeah. Get the whole practice, you know, treatment coordinator, reception, you know, so that in the future when they say, oh, you know, what's that dentist like? What's treatment like? Mm. And, then, and I, want, I want people to have receptionists that know, oh, by the way, he used something called rubber dam. It's amazing. You'll be very comfortable. So yeah. that's a, maybe a far-fetched example. But, you know, with any treatment modality that you're offering that you've changed yeah. in your practice, the whole team should be in on it. That's it. Treat your staff with it. I do mm. all my nurse, any mm. work my nurse has needed. Done it for free. Done it under rubber dam. You know, she now, she came from a practice that never used rubber dam. Mm. Now mm -hmm. we use, it's to the point I don't have to, it used to be when she first started working for me, Harmit, do you need rubber dam? It's, it's a stupid question now. now. It's yeah, just yeah. out, and even for stuff I don't need it for. It's just out. She's, got the, the she's got the rubber dam out. I was like, Jess, yeah. we won't need it. In fact, she's probably surprised. Oh, you're not using rubber dam she, in this case? She's not even surprised. She's disappointed. <laughs> she's disappointed. When you say, do. Jess, we don't need rubber dam today, she's like, really? Because <laughs> it makes her life easy as well. Which the opposite of that yeah. is when you ask for rubber dam and then your nurse raises it like, um, like it rolls her eyes. Mm. That's when you haven't had that sort of conversation yeah. beforehand and whatnot. It's not because they're closed off. You just need to spend some time mm -hmm. maybe just kind of, you know, with them and training them. Using the right rubber dam. In, in my experience in the past, I want to hear what, what you are recommending now. But when I started um, from dental school, I hated rubber dam. We used that horrible green latex one that kept yeah, tearing, yeah. Oh, right? Yeah. Then I moved to that horrible purple one that mm. it's impossible to tear, but it's just in the, it's the, the ribbed one. It's, I think it's latex free, one of yeah, those, right? Yeah. Hated that as well. Huh. Then I found the, the Uno, Uno, Uno Dent one, which yeah. is the latex free one, and that's been phenomenal for me. 
Is that what you're recommending? Is there something better? And how important is it to use the right rubber dam for yeah. the experience as a dentist and maybe even as a patient? I, yeah, you, you always have your preference towards materials. So I use, I mean, the two that kind of seem to be a go-to is the Unident or Nicktone. And I like the Unident. And okay. it just works in my hands. I mean, all rubber dams can tear. Okay? Mm -hmm. But then that's based on, often it's maybe not punching the hole clean enough. Maybe leaving too little distance between hole punches. Mm -hmm. And then even sometimes it's often the way people manipulate it between teeth. Often not being patient and sometimes being a bit too aggressive with floss, mm -hmm. which pulls tears. That can often be mm -hmm. the biggest problem. Mm -hmm. um, so first it's learning how to use it. And then after that, it's preference. Now, I like Unident purely on the basis I use a heavy gauge. Mm -hmm. um, benefit of a heavy gauge is you get quite nice soft tissue retraction, mm. easier to invert and everything. But then also from, like, I guess, photography and things, it gives quite a nice contrast when you're taking your images and things. Mm -hmm. So I, I like that side of things. But again, it's preference. I mean, if you speak to endodontists, I think some of them suggest that Roku dam, the, mm -hmm. you know, that purple mm -hmm. ribbed one, because I think... Um, I think for single tooth isolation, yeah. I can definitely see the advantage of that. Yeah. It's very quick, easy. It's got a lot of give in it. Yeah. But for multi-tooth quadrants and stuff, I found that a nightmare personally because yeah. it is quite thick and to floss it through is not as nice. Um, not... So for, yeah, from trial and error, I'm, I'm glad we reached that same yeah. conclusion about our, our rubber dam choices. But you know, use whatever you, you want to. Yeah. And I think sometimes you have to go through the difficult periods to realize what you like. You, you've, you've, got, you've got to give everything a try. But I'd say, you know, if you want to start a good place, try the unit and heavy gauge. If you're getting frustrated yeah. from your rubber dam, it's probably the rubber dam as well, adding to the frustration. I just felt that way with the green one. I felt yeah. a massive shift when yeah. I switched rubber dam. It became easier and quicker for me. Yeah. It's sometimes, you know, it's the little, it's the, it's the small little details of rubber dam that actually make the biggest difference. Mm -hmm. For example, we talk about the size of the sheet. People don't realise they come in different sizes. Mm -hmm. And that can influence maybe how tightly you're stretching it over the frame mm -hmm. or how much material you have to play with. Because mm -hmm. you can imagine if you've got something stretched quite tightly, there's, it's like an elastic band, I always yeah. say. So that then makes it more difficult to manipulate. Mm -hmm. Because if you've got something with a little bit of give, it's easy to manipulate around clamps through mm -hmm. teeth. Mm -hmm. So it's just little things like that, the nuances, I guess, that make the rubber down placement then a lot easier. It just... Get out there, everyone. Start using more and more rubber dam yeah, uh, to, to, to get that sort of um, hand skill yeah, yeah. that's necessary, along with your nurse. Who Do you get your nurse to floss or do you floss? The, my nurse, essentially, what she'll do is, I'll, once I've, I've got it in place, she'll kind of stretch it over the contact area. Mm -hmm. There's some contacts it just drops through. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Some areas it doesn't, but she'll stretch it. So essentially, by stretching it, she's thinning it out, mm -hmm, holding mm -hmm. it there while I gently pass the floss. Again, so it's, it's teamwork and, you know, it's you can... In terms of learning it, you can do it yourself. I did it myself. You know, you don't have to go on a course, um, you know. But I always think, and the way I've kind of got better at dentistry is like, why sit there and make a million mistakes? Why not go to the guy who's already made those mistakes? Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. you can fast forward that process. Hence the courses. Stand on the shoulder of the giants. And, and, and I mean that in your case, yeah. you know, your isolation I, I see is absolutely phenomenal. Yes, I, I message okay. Hami sometimes, I've got this clamp. Can I, can I modify this clamp in this way? And instantly he responds mm. like, yeah, yeah, go for it. So, you know, I, 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 I trust we have to, to yeah. stay with that. And it's, 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 yeah, like you say, instead of wasting that time, that embarrassment with a patient, yeah. just get a head start. And when you feel more confident, the patient can detect that. 100%, 100%. So my next question, Harmi, is if I can load this. Oh, so a lot of dentists advocate using the Isovac or the Isolite, which is for those who who don't know, it is a um, it's like a, a mouth prop. Mm -hmm. 
but it also has a something that sort of pushes the cheek out of the way. Yeah. Pushes the tongue out of the way. Yeah. It's good. I've used it. Uh, my bias is still towards rubber dam. Even yeah. financially, it's a better thing to use rubber dam yeah. than isovac unit per per pouch because single use. But what what do you, what's your view on that? Someone who's like very pro isovac would never use mm. rubber dam because of it. I've used isovac, and you know, I kind of. I got it in the last practice, and it was good, but again, expensive. Mm-hmm. And actually, I just found sometimes they're a little bit faffy to put in. I don't think they're always that comfortable. People think like, all right, they're going to be very comfortable, but actually, there's a lot going on in the mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's just easier to use rubber dam. And issue I found, I still found access wasn't that easy with the with the isovac in because mm-hmm. you were kind of limited to the angle of the approach, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm, you could only, mm-hmm. you know, it kind of makes a slightly narrow working corridor for you, so you can only really approach the arch in, in one direction. Mm-hmm. So early time I found it useful was for, like, kids. Okay. You know, if you're doing, like, fisher seals and things like yeah, that. Yeah, that, so that's good. That's the early time I found it useful, but otherwise I just found rubber dams just easy, quick, cheaper. See, well. that's what isovac people say. They say, oh, it's so much easier than using rubber dam, but it's, it's what you've been exposed to and what you give an opportunity to. Yeah. I think if you... I think for the complete beginner, yeah, isovac may be easier to use, yeah, yeah, yeah. Than, yeah. than the nuances of rubber dam and going through the sort of the pain of the learning process. Yeah. So I can see the entry point into isovac yeah. easier. But here's my argument with those who use isovac and isolite: is when you've got your isovac in, okay, and then you, let's say you're doing a do on a lower six, okay, yeah. and it's getting close to the gingiva. How many carious lesions are we restoring that are not near the gingiva? Very few, probably, you know. Often you're doing the wedging and then there's a bit of bleeding happening, right? Mm. And then you put your matrix in and you're just having to whisk away some blood. Yeah. If you just use rubber dam to compress that papilla, that bleeding issue is gone. So I think as a macro isolation, isovac is great for the tongue and cheek, but on a micro level for the hemostasis, nothing beats rubber dam. No, I agree, agree. Rubber dam, definitely. Entry points. I mean, I guess entry points in terms of ease of use, but I guess financially, isn't it? I mean, unless you're going to... Unless you've got nice principals who want to buy it or if you're prepared to fork out as an associate. But rubber dam is just, yeah. I think my principal was happy that I've started, uh, even though we had ISOVAC, that I stopped using it and I just used rubber dam. Um, I think, yeah, I was saving, yeah. I don't know, it's £2.50 a pop or something like that, something, something crazy. You spend it somewhere um, else. Right, so last couple of questions then. On, when you teach your courses yeah. and you have delegates of various experience levels, mm-hmm. sometimes as an educator, you realise that you realize something new that you didn't know that your delegates either had a learning need that you didn't realize, maybe, yeah. or that in the real world, your delegates might be struggling with something that you maybe hadn't considered. Yeah. So what are the most common mistakes you see, you see people make when they're on your course, hands-on, they're isolating, mm-hmm. that someone could be making Monday morning, or if they're listening to this podcast, say, oh yeah, you know what, yeah, Hamid's inspired me, I'm going to start using rubber dam now in practice. Yeah. What's the most common mistakes to look out for that you see? Okay. So in terms of delegates, I mean, I try and be quite good to the delegates in terms of, one, before they come on courses, I kind of email everyone and say, listen, if you have any questions, specific questions, just send them to me. Any struggles? Because it kind of gives me an opportunity to look through my lecture and say, all right, have, is this covered? Mm-hmm. And to be honest, it generally always is. If there isn't, I always say to people, you know, I, I will then add something in, a slide, okay? Mm-hmm. Or if it's something on the day that they come up when I'm like, actually, no, I haven't thought of that. I'll, all right, let me look into that, mm-hmm. and then I'll get back to you. So mm-hmm. I try and be helpful in that way. In terms of how I pitch the day, I always pitch the day in terms of, listen, I don't know what anyone knows, really. Mm-hmm. So I always mm-hmm. start really basic. And then I think, because then actually, in, even in the basic bits, people actually say, oh, actually, I didn't think about that. So go through the basics, then ramp it up towards the, the end of the day. But then 
in terms of mistakes that I see people hands making. Hands on. Yeah, hands on. It's sometimes, you know, it's not the actual hands on. It's some, I think flossing sometimes, actually. Mm. Flossing mm. the dam through contacts. Actually, some, as dentists, we, we can be a bit overly aggressive with it. We, we're just trying to get this thing through. And sometimes we actually create more headache for ourselves because, one, it can hurt the patient. Mm, mm. Um, two, if you just force the rubber dam down too quickly, all that rubber dam might not be through that contact point. So what essentially happens is you've got floss and then you've got rubber dam wrapped around it. Yep. So what happens? You pull that floss out, rubber dam pulls with it. Have you got or, a photo of, of this? I haven't got that. It's, it's difficult to put that one Because you just yeah, prospect exactly. how that's happening. But I think most dentists would have that situation yeah. where they floss through rubber if dam. If you use rubber dam, you would know and, exactly And you've pulled it and you think, why is the rubber dam pulling with it? Yeah. Well, you pull it hard and then yeah. it's just torn it, hasn't it's it? tearing, yeah. But often it's more... The, 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 rather than the actual hands-on, what the mistake dentists make is rushing. Mm. We sometimes don't... I talk about a checklist. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Ian's talked about it, the checklist manifesto is a good book. Mm. And having checklists for everything. Because they're likening it to aviation, right? Yep. A pilot might have flying, flown for 30 years. They still go into their cockpit and... They have a co-pilot with yeah, them. Yeah, and they have a checklist before mm -hmm. they take off. And it's not exhaustive list, but it's the main points. That's the reason why it's the most successful industry. Yep. You know, if a plane crashes, we hear about it because it's so rare. Mm -hmm, then mm -hmm, they find mm -hmm. the black box. They want to figure out what went wrong, don't they? Why not apply that to dentistry? Mm. You know, actually having a checklist, again, not exhaustive. Like a, they say, five to seven point list mm -hmm. with the main points. You've got some structure for yourself. You've got some structure for your nurse. You all know what you're doing. Actually makes you more efficient. Yeah. But sometimes you can give people that checklist, and we do during the course, but then sometimes they start skipping, like skipping a step. That's when you run into trouble. And that's when you run into trouble because you realise, actually, I haven't completed that first step, and I'm jumping onto the second. And then you jump on the second, and you realise the first step's coming undone. But actually, I say, if you actually just spent a little bit of time making sure you've achieved each goal, actually the process just becomes a lot more streamlined. But so when, that, you be, when you become slick, then you can do it intuitively. But I think when you're yeah. learning out, having mm. a checklist like that would be, I think, oh, very, very invaluable. And even, even though, actually, when you're slick at it, you still need a checklist because the other thing that happens with human beings is we sometimes just go on autopilot. You know, we can have, all have a bad day. Un unconscious competence. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> we all have a bad day, so sometimes you need that kick up the backside just to remind you. Mm-hmm. Sweet. We're going to start uh, wrapping up now in terms of uh, all the, the, the tips you're giving. Yeah. I'm going to ask you two things now. One, I'm going to ask a, maybe a, a more experienced question okay. Okay, and how we can get around that. And then, when I, and then I'll ask you for your, the, be, the best tip you want to give us uh, to our listeners in terms of um, a little hack you can share with us. Yeah. But the first question is, when we're isolating molars mm -hmm. and second molars, that's one of the most difficult things we can do. Yeah. So, something something I, I struggle with a lot. Yeah. What advice do you have with that? And also in that situation whereby when you put a clamp in, let's say you put a clamp on the seven or even sometimes a wisdom tooth, mm -hmm. but there's no space because the coronoid pro process is, is, is in the way. Yeah. And often I get the patient to go move their jaw all the way to one side. That's it. Okay. But yeah. it, it causes, you know, I'm just worried about, yeah. you know, yeah. causing pain problems. Is that the only way? Is there a better way? And then generally on that topic of isolating molars, mm -hmm. what nuggets can you give us? So first, just get a good clamp on the tooth first, because if your clamp's not secure, it's going to pop off, and mm. we don't want that. So generally, for things like you know sevens and eights, you want one of the kind of I'd say metal clamps. So I use these Coltine clamps; they're called gingival retractors. Have you got a photo? Um, I've got a picture actually of a few. Let's have a little look here. Mm. 
Let's share the screen with you. I think you're sharing already. Oh, okay, brilliant. Yeah, I'll, I'll just... All right, so here we go. So these are the kind of Colting clamps, if you can kind of have a little look there, okay? So generally they come as a B1, B2, B3. There's also a B4. Um, B1's generally lower molars. Mm -hmm. B2's upper left sevens particularly. Mm -hmm. And then B3's generally upper right sevens. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because you can see there's like the difference in, you know, the, the beaks of the clamp, mm -hmm, different mm -hmm, widths. Mm -hmm. And that's normally because sevens have that kind of triangular shape. Yeah. Okay. So these are a bit, they clamp a bit more aggressively. So you get better grip on the teeth. So these are brilliant for that. Um, so these are not your primary clamp. They are additional retraction or can they be no, used? No, the, that's the primary, primary clamp. clamp. That's the primary clamp that goes on first. And you always want to just put your clamp on first, check it's secure. All right. Then you know you're off to a good start. Now, then the next bit is just maneuvering over. And like you said, often it is. It's like when you're doing extraction, isn't it? You get that patient to move their jaw slightly. It gives you this little bit of wiggle room, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. it, maybe even close slightly. And that's the second tip. The third thing is just having, like I said, not stretching your rubber dam sheet over your frame too much. Okay. okay. Mm -hmm, so, you know, mm -hmm. I see so people... relax. Exactly. People stretch it over the frame so tightly that it's got no giving. Mm -hmm. You know, they're almost trying to pierce the rubber dam. Actually, all you just need it to do is grip on. Because mm -hmm. then by having excess like having it some give in there mm -hmm. enables you to get it over the bow of the clamp fine yeah i always use the analogy of like feeding paper through a printer you know you're just mm -hmm. you're just feeding it over and then you've actually got time to flick it over if it's too tight every time you try and get it on the bow it flicks back off yep. definitely and, been there and also if you had a loose clamp and you've got that muscle elastic energy in there it's going to ping the clamp off isn't it yeah so that's yeah that'd be my my tip for that one fine and then the, what is your hack that you can share with the, the listeners about rubber Ooh. dam what's the the main one of the one of your um pro hacks let's give a little a little hack from one of the lectures here we go because there's there's so many so mm -hmm. people ask about you know stents when you're using a putty stent for your composites mm -hmm. my rubber dam and my clamp gets in the way so i always say we'll start backwards if you've got your model of your wax up, what I'll do is decide, say if you wax, let's for this example, say we're doing composite three to three. Okay, you always, you know, you're going to obviously have your stent to encompass three to three, but you need something for your stent to sit on. Mm -hmm. You need your, your stops. So you're thinking, all right, I need to rest on the fives and the fours. So then you've got to think, all right, I then need to put my clamps either on the sixes all the fives. Yeah. Okay. So what I'll actually do is I'll get my wax up model. I'll put my clamps onto the model. Like like you had done in the first yeah, just yeah. That's it. And then I'll put them on. I've, I've, I know they're the clamps I'm going to use. Mm -hmm. And then I'll just make my putty over the top of that. And mm -hmm. then I can see how I've just cut that back then. So I then know when I go and put my rubber dam on and everything, I don't have to mess about adjusting things because I've already done it in advance that awkward scenario where you realize oh yeah. it's not going on and then you then, then go in the back and you know sort of guesswork trimming yeah, whereas exactly. yours is very predictable is that yeah yeah it gets rid of that bit of stress and it takes you know you can do it quickly in your lunch break you know it's just you've saved yourself like five ten minutes of just mm -hmm. messing about in the mouth and you can actually just crack on and do do the work that you need to do Amazing. Well, I think we've uh, covered a, a good few reasons to use rubber dam, a good few reasons not to use rubber dam, how, how to accelerate your sort of experience and learning rubber dam, which rubber dam to potentially use. Yeah. Um, go out there Monday morning, start using rubber dam, build in the extra time. If you need a bit of help, Harmit's always available. Uh, I'll put on his uh, link to his um, sort of, um, uh, is it Eventbrite you use or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Or just contact me on yeah. social media if you want. We do, obviously we do. The, the courses around the country but even you know practices now we, we go and teach practices teach teams so 
whatever you want really just brilliant well it's, it's, it's a great thing you're teaching i think it's, it's so nice to to, to ha see good isolation i think the patients benefit i think we as dentists and, and and the wider team benefits overall so thank you for for coming on man no, thanks for this podcast as well actually i really enjoyed it i mean yeah listening to people like tiff and you know you've had some great guests actually haven't you i've i've, I've been yeah. very fortunate uh, no, that, that, that people are sharing their no, their sort of uh, what, what you know what they do day in day out and i think it's been uh good for, for learning points including this one yeah, yeah. and thanks for doing it in a video format so i can then share a few snippets from your slides i really that's appreciate it, that that's it yeah I'm thank glad, you glad i put some makeup on <laughs> <laughs> so as always a big thank you to our guest for today's podcast harmi Grawal. i'll catch you in the next one with lewis mckenzie but in between uh, that episode well between this episode and that episode i'll also have a little bit on what to include in your portfolio and your cv for those especially in df1 uh, in such a difficult scenario for everyone, but especially, you know, DF1s, because, you know, you, you, you're the least experienced dentist in the country, technically, right? Uh, and then now you're having all this downtime, uh, not having the ability to refine your hand skills, and then you're potentially looking for either a DCT position or an associate position. So I prepared a little bit of content for you in terms of, our, you know, I'll show you my CV and my portfolio, which had landed me some good jobs before so i'm hoping that's gonna um, help you out in terms of ideas and thanks as always for listening all the way to the end